Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. While you remain standing, would you open your Bibles to Revelation chapter number 3. I just want to read two verses. Revelation chapter number 3. Verse 7, Revelation 3, verse 7, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and has kept my word, and has not denied my name. Amen. And I want to preach on the subject, when God shuts the door. When God shuts the door. Would you praise Him one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Lord, anoint your word to our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated when God shuts the door. You know, in 1963, some of you weren't alive in 1963, but anyway, I was two years old, so I was alive and kicking, terrible twos and all that good stuff. Amen. But in 1963, a new game show uh, came on uh, TV called Let's Make a Deal. Amen. Monty Hall, he was the first game, the first host And he was one of the creators of the show. And contestants that advanced to a certain level of the game were asked to select, amen, either what was behind door number one, door number two, or door number three. And then somebody would be up there, you know, pointing at the doors, and that's all they did, and they got a lot of money for doing it, you know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, and behind each of these doors was a prize of some sort, you know. It was, you know, a pack of gum in door number one and then a car in door number three. So if you pick door number one, like, oh, you got the pack of gum. All right. And what's the value? The value of that is 20 cents plus tax. Okay. Back in 63, whatever. Amen. But, you know, each door, depending on what door you chose, that's what you would have. Amen. And, you know, in life, we encounter countless doors that we have to decide what to do with them. Amen. Their decisions, uh, their, their forks in the road. Amen. We have to we either decide we're going to wait on this door to open or we're going to pass this door up for another door and see if that'll open. And people that do not have a relationship with the Lord, they believe that the positive doors and the good doors that do open for them in their lives are as a result of either, you know, hard work or being in the right place at the right time, you know, knowing, knowing p- certain people in different high places or maybe just pure luck. But when we 
amen, come to know the Lord, we realize there's a whole lot more to life than just, you know, happenstance and picking doors. And we don't believe in luck and coincidence anymore. Those are replaced with being led by the Spirit of God and waiting on Him for what doors we should go through in life. For we know that He is going to give us the, the right doors. Amen. Amen. Psalm 37, 23 said, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he orders our steps, which means he's sending us to the right doors or telling us to get away from the wrong doors. Amen. Isaiah 30, verse 21 said, You will hear a word spoken behind you saying, This is the correct way. Walk in it. Whether you are heading to the right or to the left. And that's where we have to tune in as, as believers in God and his, with His Spirit in our lives that we tune in to His voice. To what, where should we go? Lord, to the left or to the right? Through that door or that door? Amen. Or go down to another door. Praise God. He'll tell, he'll tell us if we'll listen, this is the correct way. Walk in it. Amen. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God, the sons of God. And, and to the son and the daughter of God, to the believer, to the disciple of Jesus, the will of God is paramount in their lives and should be sought after above all else. Amen. For in the will of God is peace. For in the will of God is true contentment. For in the will of God is fulfillment. For in the will of God is happiness and joy. So if it's the will of God for me to go through that door, he will open it for me. If it's the will of God for me to wait or to move on to another door, he will shut the door. Amen. And that's where trust and faith come in, folks. Because there's been many times since I've been walking with the Lord that a door shut, and I was still there going, oh, I want to, you know, and, and, and you know, I, no, that's it, that's it, this is it, this is it, this is it. And God's saying, nope, nope, no, it is, it is, it's got to be, I love it, I love it, you know. <laughs> and we're beating on a door that God shut. Because uh-huh. we have to trust that the Lord always, everybody say always, always, always has our best interest yes. at his heart. Amen. We're not serving the devil. That's a different ball game. He he could care less about people. He just uses them until he's done and throws them away. Amen. But I'm talking about Jesus. Praise God. I'm talking about the one that's the love. The God of love. Praise God. He always has our best interests at heart. And we must always have faith to believe that he's always good, he's always right, and if he shuts a door in our life, he has a good reason for doing it, and no matter what you know, we think and how much we want to walk through it, praise right, God. Right. Now our text verse tells us, when God shuts a door, no man can open it. Mm-hmm. So all of this ah, is not going to do any good. God, just, just, God looks at us like children. He's our father, and we're his kids, and you know. And how many times do our, and our kids, you know, want to, you know, oh, no, I want to go there. I want to go there. You know, then they're in the market or whatever, and they want to go to the toy aisle, right? All the time, toy aisle, toy, or the candy aisle. Toy aisle and candy aisle, that's it. Amen. But, you know, you, know, you can't go there. It's not, you know, that's not the, what we're doing here. 
Amen. We're getting the bread and the milk and the eggs and we're out, okay? <laughs> Amen. But, you know, there's things. When we were kids, you know, we would want our, want our parents to, to take us here. Or we want to go through that door or go through that door. And, and they, knowing what's on the other side of the door, because they live a little longer than us and a little bit wiser than us, they, you know, even though it seemed like it was unfair at the time and it seemed like they were just being mean and didn't want us to have fun, they were protecting us. They were helping us. They were doing it for our good, praise God. And so God does the same thing. Amen. So if we will be sensitive to his voice and his spirit, we will not stand in front of a door that he has shut, begging it for open, to open and banging on it to no end. That's pointless. That's futile. That's a waste of time and effort to try to go through a door that God has shut. You see how many locks are on the door that God's shut? I mean, that's at least how many, you know. And he's got better ones than that. Because you know, you can, we can pick those and all that stuff. But oh no, you can't get through a door that God shut. Because when God shuts the door, it's shut. Amen. Praise God. And we got to understand that. Yet people will still do it. They'll still try to beat their way through a door that God has shut. Amen. And you know what? If you, even though it's not God's will, if somebody beats it long enough, you know what God will do? He'll let them go through it. Sometimes. Not always. But sometimes you'll let them go through it to learn a lesson, to try to show you something, or, you know, just to give you your way every once in a while to see that, hey, your way is not the best way. Amen. 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 I guess it wasn't a good time to, to you know, to turn on the, you know, when we were kids, turn on the stove and put our hand over it and say, hey, I wonder if this hurts. Yeah, I guess we found out. <laughs> Amen. So, um, you know, it's, God will allow us sometimes to go through a door that he has shut. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes uh, you've heard these terms. There's the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. And the permissive will of God is sometimes it, it's not really God's will, but we, if we want it so bad, God will just maybe sometimes let us, let us have that, even though it's not his perfect will. And then we have consequences usually because it's permissive and not perfect. we got to seek after the perfect will of God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So there's nothing but disappointment, heartache, misery, and regret on the other side of a door that God shut in our lives and that we insisted it still to go through it. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. That's talking about mostly spiritual death, but it could be even physical death. Amen. When we go our own way, some people are so bullheaded they don't even care. Amen. And they can harm themselves. They can get in bad situations. Amen. We need, praise God, to, to really be sensitive to God on the doors in our lives. Because it really will make a difference. Our choices have consequences. Amen. And the doors we go through will, t will t take us to certain places. Amen. That maybe we don't want to go. God help us to be sensitive to the right doors. Yes. Amen. The doors that he has opened are the ones that we want, not the ones he shut. Praise God. Because, you know, kids, they want what they can't have. Okay. You can't have anything in that cookie jar between the hours of this and this. Amen. And then that's when I want the cookie jar when the, in between these hours, because that's when you told me, you told me I couldn't do that. That's what I want to do it. Don't touch that. Don't touch it. You know, it's just like <laughs> kids, kids will, you know, that, that's just like we are. We're big kids sometimes. <laughs> Amen. 
You know, I, I'm reminded of the story of Noah and the ark. And Noah, uh, the, you know, the world had been really ungodly at that time. We're only six chapters into the Bible. You know, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then we get to chapter 6, and then God's saying, you know what, this is not working out. Uh, I'm thinking I'm just going to kind of, you know, throw this experiment out and try something else. Uh, you know, these people don't want to follow me and all this kind of stuff. And so God looked, and he found Noah he, that, who have found grace in his eyes, and he said, Noah, I got a plan to try to save the human race, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very unorthodox, but I want you to, to build this ark, and, you know, and him and his sons, they built the ark, amen, and most people think that Noah was just, I don't know what he did before he built the ark, I don't know if he was a boat builder, if he did something else, amen, but uh, most people, when they read uh, the, the Bible or just hear about Noah, they think, oh, he built the ark. He's an ark builder. That's what he did. Amen. But did you know that the Bible said that he was also a preacher of righteousness? Noah was building the ark and preaching at the same time. Amen. That's powerful. Because 2 Peter 2.5 said, God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So he preached to everyone that would listen to him. Now, when you start building a boat that's like three, that's, that's like, you know, uh, you know, a football field long and, and so big and so tall and all this stuff right in your driveway and there's no water around you. You know, people are going to say, hey, you know, let's go see what, you know, interesting Noah's doing today. You know, him and his sons, boy, they're building this boat uh, and they're saying God told them to do it. You know, and so a lot of people, it got around, let's say, and everybody knew about Noah and his boat. And people would come and people would hear and they would hear what he had to say. And he wasn't just building a boat. He was preaching to them. Amen. And, and, and most, most experts and scholars believe that it probably took Noah and his sons 70 years approximately to build the boat. Praise God. So he's preaching for 70 years. Now, people are living a long time back then. But you know what? People are being born. People are growing up. People are having kids. People are having grandkids and great-grandkids in 70 years. Amen. And everybody's hearing Noah's preaching. Praise God. And I wonder what Noah's message was. Maybe it was something like this. God's not happy with what's going on in the world right now. And it's been going on too long, praise God. Everyone stopped following him and loving him and thinking about him. And everybody's doing their own thing and going about their own way and not caring how it affects others. And because of this, God is going to cause a massive flood to come to this earth. And everything that requires oxygen to breathe, people, animals, birds, reptiles, and insects will be destroyed Amen. And he is going to do it by sending rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And he said, and, and on top of that, he said, this boat right here that everybody's making fun of me building, this boat, this ark right here that I've been working on for 70 years, this is the only boat that's going to survive this flood. And so if you want to be saved, you better get on this boat when we're ready to take off someday. And we don't know the day nor the hour. God just said, build the boat and I'll tell you when. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Amen. But you got to get on the, door, on the boat before the door is shut. Yeah. That's his message. 
Genesis 7, 16, and they went in when the time came, went in male and female of all flesh. And the animals, is Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives, eight people, and all the animals, and all the birds, and all the reptiles and insects, you know, one of each species. I don't know how they did it. It was a miracle. God did it. Amen. And commanded and The Lord shut them in. Amen. The, uh, another version of the Bible, new, the, the New Living Translation said, A male and female of each kind entered, just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. The Lord closed the door. Man, Noah didn't pull up that. The door was a huge, almost like a, like a ramp that everybody got in. But Noah and his sons didn't crank that up with some chains and pulley fulcrum system. Oh no, God shut the door. Because only God knew when the flood was coming. Only God knew when the destruction was coming. And God had the timing and God shut the door. And nobody can open a door that God shuts unless he wants to reopen it. Amen. You know, and up until that time, people could have got on that ark. But when the door was shut, the opportunity passed. Amen. And judgment came to the earth. And just as he closed the door to the ark, God will close the door on this dispensation of grace that we're living in today. Amen. When the time also comes. Now Jesus compared the days of Noah to the days leading up to the coming of the Son of Man. Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then they, then two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Amen. There's a comparison between Noah and the coming of Jesus. Now the coming of Jesus hasn't happened yet, praise God. And did you know something interesting? Up until the time of the flood, it had not, according to the scripture, you can't find anywhere, that it had ever rained before on the earth until the flood happened. Amen. Amen. In fact, Genesis 2.5 said, The Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. That's how the earth was watered. In the pre-flood days, it said no rain. So when Noah told the people, hey, you know, God's going to send rain from heaven 40 days and 40 nights. They go, huh? What's rain? We don't know what they don't. They weren't used to water coming from the sky at that point in the history of the man and the earth. Praise God. Amen. So when Noah preached it, was, they, they didn't know what he was talking about because they had never experienced it. But when the rain started falling, amen, people became believers, praise God. But sadly, it was too late because the door had already been shut. Amen. That's why we got to believe when the Word of God says something. We got to believe it even before it happens. Amen. 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 Jesus said the Son of Man is coming back, and when he does, 
Two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, the other left. Letting us know that not everybody's going to be ready to go. Not everybody's going to be prepared. Amen. Praise God. He was referring to the rapture of the church. And like the reign of Noah's day, the rapture has never happened. Nothing like the rapture has ever happened yet. Amen. And so when you tell people, hey, God is going to blow a trumpet. God is going to have a shout from the archangel. Amen. And the dead in Christ, the people that have died living for God, and people that are alive and serving God now, amen, they're going to rise up and meet them in the air and go to be with the Lord. That kind of doesn't compute with people. People can't handle that sometimes because it's like when, you know, the rain didn't happen before. Praise God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Now you see, you have to understand, just like when the rain started falling, the door shut, it was that fast. But even faster than that, the Bible said, when the, when the angel comes and blows the trumpet, and when the shout of the archangel happens, it's going to be so fast, there won't be no time to get right with the Lord. we got to do it now when we have time and we're hearing and when we, when we see the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we shall not all, all die, but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. Amen. It's going to happen fast. The, in the moment of time, the word moment in the Greek comes from the Greek word atomos, which we get the word atom from. And we know what an atom is. We can't even see it. One atom is invisible to the naked eye. So in the atom of time, amen, it's going to happen. And so we've got to be ready in advance. He said, watch and pray and be ready to go, for you know not what hour the Lord does come. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, in Matthew 25, it talks about the ten virgins, uh, and five were wise and five were foolish, and they all had lamps, and they, uh, and, but, uh, and they all had some oil in their lamps, actually, but, uh, but five of them had an extra little uh, container that they would refill the lamp with. They had spare oil to go to, to be with it. And so while they were waiting for the bridegroom, the five, they all fell asleep. But five of them, the unwise, they didn't have spare oil. So whatever was in their lamp was used up. And when the bridegroom came, it, there was an announcement. Hey, the bridegroom's here. Get ready to meet him and come on in through the door. And they all got up. And they trimmed their lamps and the five wives got their oil. They were out of oil too. They got their spare oil, filled up their lamp, and they got all ready and they went in. And the five foolish, they didn't have any oil. They, were, they ran out. They didn't have any spare. Give us of your oil. No, we only got enough for ourselves. You got to go buy your own and come back. While they were out buying, the Bible said in Matthew 25, 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. And afterward came also the virgin, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. When the door is shut, it's shut. But folks, it's not shut right now. The door's open. Yes. Amen. The door's open right now. We need to keep our oil in the lamp. 
We need to keep our hearts fired up for God. Praise God. And when the, when the bridegroom came, the door was shut, and those that were not ready, those he did not know, could not enter. Another little story about it, Luke 13, 25, when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. So the door will be shut to those he does not know. Amen. And well, I, I, thought, I thought God knows everybody. I thought God's all wise. He does. He does know everybody. Amen. But he, he knows those that know him. He chooses those that choose him. Amen. He's with those that are with him. Praise the Lord. John chapter 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known of mine. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I want to be a sheep of the Lord's pasture. Praise God. Amen. Because he, I know him, and he knows me, and no matter what happens, I'm going to go when it's time to go. Praise God. So we got to know the Lord. We got to know the Lord. Amen. So I, cause I don't want him to say, I don't know you. I, what I want him to say is, Hey, I know you. You're my son. You're my daughter. Well done. Come on in. Enter into the joy of the Lord. John chapter 10. Then Jesus said unto them, verse seven, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9 said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So we're talking about doors opening and shutting. You know what? God is a door. Yes. Amen. Metaphorically speaking, he is the door. I am the door. And in fact, he said, if you don't go through me, amen, and you try to, try to go to heaven some other way, he said, it's a thief and a robber. He said, people try to climb up some other way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can come to the Father but by me. I'm the door. I'm the door to salvation. If you come through me, you'll be saved, and you'll find pasture. You'll be blessed. You'll be fed. Your hunger and your thirst will be quenched. Amen. Let's stand today. Praise God. The second verse in our text, Revelation 3.8 said, I know thy works. I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Now, I talked a lot about shut doors, but you know what? Right now, he set before us an open door. This world has an open door. Amen the door of salvation wide open right now the door of grace wide open the door of mercy and long suffering is wide open right now for whosoever will let him come amen the bible said now is the accepted time today is a day of salvation today if you hear his voice harden not your hearts so while the door is open we can still give our lives to god still make everything right. Amen. We can still serve Him and walk with Him and fulfill our purpose for which we were created. Amen. While the door is still open, we can give our heart and soul to God. Amen. Because there's coming a day 
when that door is going to be shut. And the, and the Bible said the time of the Gentiles, which is what we're living in right now, is going to be all done. And he will turn his attention back to natural Israel. And that's when we start reading about the tribulation and some of those things in Revelation. When he turns back his attention to natural Israel. Amen. The church will be taken away. Praise God. And we've got to be ready to go before the door is shut. Amen. For when God shuts the door, it'll be too late. That'll be a door. Because I, I, I think, you know, before when God shut the door, because, you know, the Bible did not say how long it took for that ark to lift off the ground. Because, you know, it was going to take quite a bit of water to displace that weight. And so that that heavy boat with all those animals, amen, and, and all the provisions that were in there to lift off and actually start floating. So that door was shut, I believe, before. I believe it was shut before that thing started floating. And people probably came and maybe they were beating on them. Let us in, let us in. Noah said, I can't. I didn't shut the door. I can't open it. Amen. God help us, Lord. Amen. Thank you for an open door. Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for you're the God of a second and third and fourth chance. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.